This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Culture Podcast. Really excited about today's guest. You see, the Manufacturing Extension Partnership is something that has been around for quite a while, but for a lot of manufacturing companies and businesses in general, this is one of the industry's best kept secrets. And so today we're going to be speaking with one of the leaders here in the Phoenix area, talking about the opportunities that exist, not just in training and development, but also in the grant money that's available and how the MEP can actually help you get some free training for your teams. So I just want to give a big blue collar welcome to today's guest. Rodney Nelson, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So I'm really excited to have this conversation today, but let's start off with one of my favorite questions. What is the biggest myth about your industry? Well, I think in general, it's that, you know, getting help from government agencies or, you know, county or state is really tough and doesn't pay off. And really, that's not the case. I think it can be really tough. But it's, you got to know somebody to help you get there, I guess is the answer. But I think that there is help out there for sure. You know, Rodney, we've uh, worked together now a couple of times and I've definitely fallen prey to that, to that myth because everybody else I've ever tried to work with, have, it, there has been some challenges with that. But I know working with several clients now that have had success working with you, share a little bit with the audience of just about how you go about this. I mean, I just was actually with one of our mutual clients and He's got a $50,000 grant from you and just still blown away at how it was to work with you. So tell us a little bit of an overview. Well, first of all, just in general, there's a lot of different grants and incentives out there. And I'm sure they vary by where you're located and what state you're in or, or um, what county, things like that. But um, the one you're talking about in particular is a grant that's from the city of Phoenix. It actually originates as federal dollars that are doled out to the various states across the country. Now, I don't know all the details about exactly, and I want to even tell you an acronym, but I don't know what the acronym stands for, but it's WIOA funds. So I guess the, the listeners can go ahead and look that up. But these funds are given to the states to help the workforce. And as you can imagine, and this is probably where the myth might be somewhat reality, is that, you know, these government agencies, they're not marketing. They don't know how to market what they have. And so they're sitting on these funds, and a lot of them, I would assume, across the country and the state, they don't know what to do with them. But thankfully, the city of Phoenix, actually, I think, is a, a step up here, and they actually have a program put together where they will help pay for training for local companies. And I actually support mostly manufacturers, but this training isn't just for manufacturers. It's for any company here locally. And so Jeremy, one of the companies that I was working with, it just so happened that they happened to be in the city of Phoenix. So I just so happened to bring up this training grant and I knew that they also could really use the help. So obviously there's some big companies that don't necessarily need the help and there's ones that do. And so anyway, this is a training grant that's through the city of Phoenix that's 
partially federally funded, or it's all federally funded, and just happen to fit with our client. Yeah. So you said help them. Help us understand what help is. Is that you guys help them with like leadership training, sales training? Do you help them with like, what do you help them with? Well, so the grant is to help them with any training. My expertise and what I do with the Arizona Manufacturers Extension Partnership, MEP for short, is we supply all types of training and services. Most of it's geared towards manufacturing, but that's not really the case because all companies need a lot of the same stuff. So some of the major things that we do are leadership training, our training like that you do, Jeremy, with EOS. Also, since we do focus in manufacturing, we do a lot of lean manufacturing training. But there's a lot of other stuff like Excel training and you know training with any type of Microsoft suite, things like that. So that's what we usually help with when we do these City of Phoenix training grants, because a lot of the companies need, they fall into the majority of the services we, we offer. That is actually pretty cool. So it's pretty much any training that they need to get to the next level, um, particularly right now in yours that they focus on manufacturing, but it sounds like the Phoenix grant even extends beyond that. But it's pretty much any training that they need to get help. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, since we're involved in helping with that training and it is a complicated process, typically when we're working with our clients, we're the ones bringing them the training. So obviously if they need leadership training, we're going to say, well, we have a leadership person and we'll help get that to you. But oftentimes these companies, and especially, you know, in the, in the blue collar type companies, there's a lot of machining going on. There's a lot of equipment and they need vendor support. And so sometimes these vendors are like out of state and they got to fly in here and they could be, I, I know I had one client that needed training on this punch press and it was $6,000 per week, right? And that's something that since I'm already helping them out with this leadership training, it doesn't take any time to me at all to put that training that's from an outside vendor that isn't going through us into that program. And they get the benefit of that too. And on that $6,000, how much does the company pay for? Tell me if I'm getting too far in the weeds here, but... The smaller company they are, the more that the training grant will cover. The larger the company, the less that they'll cover. However, the way that this program is written in the city of Phoenix is that they consider in-kind, meaning that if it's a, they consider your staff and the salary that you're paying them while they're in the training, they consider that money that you're putting into the program. And so oftentimes, even though the grant might only be covering 75% of the training fees, typically these companies, their money they're putting in for the people that are doing the training, typically that's as much as the training itself. And so they consider that a match. And long story short, they pay for the $50,000 max per company. Wow. $50,000 that they're paying in. I mean, even if that is only 50%, which I, I know in all of the different clients I'm working with you, none of them that is that 50%. But even if it is that, that's a steal of a deal. So yep. working with all of the clients that I get to work with, I get to see tons of different successes. You know, We've seen double net profit when just breaking through some leadership training. We've seen growth of 30% as they break free, get that clarity. Ryan working with the, the hiring, we've seen them fill spots, get 83 applicants in like four days after, after that. I'm sure you got tons of success stories 
I'd love to hear a couple of those that like you've applied training, you helped them out and then they got, where did they get to? I'd love to hear one or two of those. I'll give you one of my first early ones that were successful is so my backgrounds in manufacturing lean six Sigma type activities. Right. And so I went to one of our local companies and they were having help with, they were having problems with their yields. And what we find a lot of times is that these smaller to medium sized companies, meaning companies that are probably around, you know, less than a hundred people would be medium sized. Smaller typically for us is around 20 people, but a lot of these companies don't have the resources that larger companies do. So they don't have the programs in place. So we bring in one of our training experts. I'll throw out his name here. He's awesome. His name's Jim Godfrey. And he's, you know, he's great to work with. He's super knowledgeable. We'll bring him in. And so I brought him into this one client and they were having a problem with their, their yields. They just couldn't figure it out. And so we did a standard root cause analysis, which there's a way to do it. It's called AD. It's an AD program. And it goes through these different various steps um, to help them figure it out. And sometimes I can't read their yield was around 70%. And just walking them through this process that's proven that a lot of larger companies use all the time. I've used in the background companies I worked with locally on semiconductor. We used a, we did a lot of AD uh, processes. We were able to start focusing on what the real root cause was and where these failures were occurring and then helping to identify those and train the employees on what to look for. And we took their yield from in the 70s to the high 90s, which is where it needed. And we only three days there. And, you know, I think that I could keep going on, but, you know, that's a real quick impact for a company to change their yield from the 70s to the high 90s. You said three days? Three days. Wow. That's impressive. That's impressive. Hey, Rodney, I got a question for you. So I know you've got a very extensive background. There's probably not a part of a business that you couldn't look at and help somebody with. And you were talking about these training grants and all the different types of training that are out there. What would you say, just if you think on average, what would you say the average business owner needs the most when it comes to training? And beyond that, What's the one they're least excited about that they need the most? <laughs> well, well there's two different answers. I get it. That's why I pose both questions. Well, leadership training. You know, I think that's the biggest thing that they need. And there's a lot around leadership. I mean, typically when I go work with a company, leadership turns into things like EOS training and it turns into HR training. But leadership in general is a big thing because, as you know, People go up the ladder and they have no business being a leader. I'm sure we've all experienced that. The one thing that companies need that they're not excited about is the financial management piece. And in this job, I learned too. And I used to own my own company as well. And one of the biggest things that if I could go back in time, it would be with the financial management piece. Mm. So do you get a lot of pushback when you recommend that financial management piece? Like, how do you help people see that that's really what they need? I think I figured that out. And so I'll give you my pitch on that one. Great. This is my own take, right? (laughs) So I assume, and I'm right 99.9% of the time for this fact, is that if a company owner was an accountant or had a CPA background, they would never start their business because that's risky. And so... 
CPAs, you know, tax guys, they're not going to start a business. They're going to lose money. And so that's why these owners don't have that expertise. Company owners are visionaries. Company owners are inventors. Company owners are everything. They're daughters that inherit companies, but they are not accountants and they don't know the first thing about it. And so the problem here is that they need to be experts financially to steer the ship of their company and they need to set financial goals. And the biggest problem here is that their in-house bookkeeper or controller, they don't know about strategy financially. They don't know what those reports are. And their tax accountant that's doing their taxes, they just want the tax information. So nobody's helping steer the ship here. So that's why the biggest thing that they need is financial management. And what we do is we do a quick assessment for them. And then we bring in our expert that then will help them develop these financial management reports, which will help steer the ship. Yeah, I love what you said, Rodney, because I ran into it so many times with entrepreneurs, which are typically visionaries. You know, that's what we call it with NEOS. They're the ones with the bright idea, the big idea that they can go sell it and, and we need them. But too often they are relying on in an accountant, and I don't want to ever say anything negative there, but they're relying on them when really all that accountant is looking for is the tax side of it, not the financial strategy piece that's missing. You know, when I, we teach a tool called eight cash flow drivers, and it's really looking at what's driving the cash throughout the company, which is different than profit. You and I know that profit is just the bottom line, but cash is how it's flowing. When we teach that, we look at it, how is being managed all the way throughout, like the frontline people, the people on the floor manufacturing, are their activities accelerating cash? lowering cash? What are they doing? And so we're just looking at it collectively across the whole business. So right there, you're just speaking some of my, my soapbox there as I look at it and say, no, it's way more than financial report at the end. One of our guys that helps us out, he likes to call himself the CFO, the cash flow optimizer. So yeah, on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Some good results and some training. You know, And that's one thing we are so excited to get you on the air after seeing your work and seeing some of the results, it's been way more than just filling out paperwork to get a training program to run something through. Like so often you think would be the way it was, but you're just so much more focused on what kind of results. One thing I wanted to highlight about what the program, you can explain a little bit more, is not only do you tr get the grant for them, but you're there to mentor them throughout that year as they work with these consultants of all, you got the CFO, the cash flow optimizer. I know, you know, we're working with you. You got salespeople, you got all that stuff. You're working to coordinate and make sure that the business is actually getting results versus just, are they getting training? So I don't know if you want to share anything about how you help support in that. I think it's something that's so unique. Yeah. If I could take one step back, you know, one of the parts, the major part of our program is that we get results for the company. And that's what makes us different than any other consultants out there in that we are partially federally funded. So when I go and do a program like with these clients, our goal isn't to make money. Our goal is actually to have them fill out a good survey about us. And actually today's the deadline of these surveys. And I'm like running around chasing clients right now to, to fill these surveys out. And the what holds, what keeps us honest is that when they fill out the survey, there's only 10 questions, but one of them is, did we help improve your revenue? Did we help save you money? Did we help improve, grow jobs? Any of our people ever thought that we were bringing them something that didn't pan out? Well, we would get a terrible, we, uh, 
we and I never and I will never give somebody something that they don't need, then that's not going to help them out. And that goes to how we even just approach our clients is I don't sell them on things. I ask them what their problems are, and then I will then give them a solution for that problem. And now I forgot exactly what you asked me. <laughs> I was going down the right road. No, that's perfect. Just about how you manage. Oh. Because you work with the consultant and with the company. It's not just, oh, I filled out a piece of paper. My job is done. It's, no, we want to make sure we get measurable results. And that's really what I just wanted to highlight, that you do that, which is impressive. Yeah, so we do, we project manage. And so I'd call it like maybe light project management, right? We're just making sure things are going smooth. And that is with communication. It's making sure they're getting the deliverable right. It's us understanding what's going on. Because as you can imagine, there can be hiccups, right? And so I've saved a lot of projects when there's just a confusion or, you know, not a clear understanding of how things are supposed to go down. I'm there to keep things smooth and keep things on track. So everybody's happy and we get the results we were thinking we were going to get. Good. Good. Love it. So you know that hiring is a very dear and near passion of Ryan and I. And what are some of the challenges you're seeing as we move into this next level of our economy? It's kind of gangbuster right now, yet we can't seem to find work. What are you seeing teams do to overcome that? What kind of things are they working on? Yeah. So... This is crazy right now out there. I was just meeting with a client right before I rushed over here about staffing. It's one of the biggest things we're doing right now. And they need help in every direction. It just depends on the size of the company and what their pain points are right now. In that 20 to 100 size, let's just stick right there right now. What are you seeing? What's some things that are working? Are you seeing like, wow, that's a really good tip or technique? I think it's throw everything at it because I don't think there's one thing that's working right now. I think that they need to, you know, goes to what Ryan does, right? Core Matters is that they need to brand themselves. Otherwise, why are they going to come work for them? Right now, everyone has a job already. So these people need to be wooed. So I have one client that, hopefully they're not listening. I have one client, we already had an agreement on what the, the base was going to be. And then when it was delivered, it was delivered like it was, you know, a year ago where there could be some type of negotiation. There's no negotiation right now going on for, I don't care what size of company you are. You need to woo, surprise these candidates to come work for you. And yes, they still need all the, you know, Google tech stuff. You know, yeah, sure, it's great. You have food in your refrigerator, but really I need to pay. I need the vacation. I need the benefits. I need to be wooed. And if you don't, there's somebody else that's going to be. So, so anyway, I think you got to throw the whole kitchen sink at this thing. You got to be branding your company. You got to be doing your research and making sure that your salaries are on par. You need to um, even offer more training when they come there so that they can grow with their job. I mean, every, you got to throw everything at this thing. I definitely am seeing that ongoing training, providing some additional value to them. So they feel like they're, you know, because everybody's looking at this very competitively right now. And I say everybody, I'm talking about the employees very competitively that they believe they got a lot of options. And so if this option isn't giving me more opportunity to either make more money, to grow, go to the next level of my career and, or make a difference in the community. I'm actually seeing a lot of that with the companies that we're working with, which is blue collar is primarily what we focus on and seeing more about what is the big difference we're making in the world 
as this world's message changes and adjusts, I'm seeing that be one of the differentiators. And I know Ryan works on a lot of that when he's working with the clients. I'm just getting that right message and that brand that people are aligned because today's world, every employee's got an option and they know it. I just finished some research and, and got some new statistics because you know during the whole pandemic, it's been really hard to get reliable data because by the time the reports and the surveys are done, that data is out of date because something's changed in the economy or politically or something like that. But we finally had enough stability and we pretty much know where things are going. There's these reports starting to come out. And um, this one blew me away, but millennials now account for 50% of the workforce. Really? Millennials aren't even old anymore. I mean, young. I used to think they were all young. They're not. No, they're not. They're not. But every single person listening right now has a joke about a millennial. Yeah. Here's the thing. They know you're telling jokes about them. So stop it. <laughs> They're going to take over the country and the world. Like we got to learn to play nice with them. Mm-hmm. But the thing about millennials, 93% of them prioritize skill development and training over anything else. So if you're not training them to climb that corporate ladder, to get more skills so that they can make more money, so they can lead teams. If you're not training them, and you don't have a training program that you're promoting to them, they're going to move on. The other thing I thought was really interesting is 86% of them will take a pay cut to work at a place whose mission and values align with their own. Interesting. This is what Jeremy was just talking about. Like They want to feel like they're making a difference and they're making it part of a team where they get out of bed in the morning, they're excited to go to work because they know at the end of the day, they're going to have done something to improve the world or to make the world or maybe even their community just a better place. It's funny. You have those statistics, Ryan, and I didn't know those until we're hearing them right now, but it's what I'm seeing in the trenches. When I really see the companies are starting to leverage anything, it's the reality that I'm seeing. That's partly why I feel like having you on right now, Rodney, is such an important time is because what you're helping do is leverage that company that's coming out of you know the COVID setbacks of 2020 and all of that. You're helping to leverage the training, the ability for them to grow while giving them one of the biggest and most critical things to attracting, I guess now that we know half the, half the <laughs> workforce. So yeah. Yeah. it's extremely critical to what's going on in the world. So with that, Rodney, if everybody has, you know, we've provided tons of value here. What I would like for you to do is just share, how can they go get access to you to figure out if they qualify for any of these grants, where can they go? What can they do? Well, I think it's best to reach out to us directly. I think, you know, we're on our website is uh, www.azmep.org. And if you go there, then you can see the team and then you can contact us. Our phone numbers are on there um, and our emails or just call the main number. And, you know, what we're going to do is kind of go through this. You know, how I was saying earlier, it's hard. This marketing piece of what's actually out there is really tough because there's more than just things that are offered from the state. There's more things that are offered than just from the city and the county, right? There, so in utility companies, there's things out there. So coming to us is like a one-stop shop, meaning if you come to us and ask us what's out there that I can take advantage of, who's trying to help me, we can give you a list of those things. And it's not like an actual list, but we can tell you, you know, what might be able to help you and how you can take advantage of that. That's perfect. So if they go to azmep.org, they can get access to all of this stuff. And so 
for everybody that's out there listening, if you feel like you want to be competitive at hiring over half of the population or all of it <laughs> in any way, by any training, any of that, you're spending any money on training, you have anything that you feel like if we could do better, <laughs> we would be better, should be about everyone that's listening right now. I would encourage you to go to azmep.org, look up Rodney's information, look up the team and see how they can help because I can just speak from this side of it. I've seen many clients helped. And so I know this is the real deal. And we're so happy to share it with all of you. Thank you, Rodney, so much for being with us today. It's been great. All right. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.